Lord God. Um, we're going to start by reading a few scriptures, but of course we're going to start by reading Isaiah chapter number 50, 55 and verse 9, and thereafter we shall pick it up from there. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9. Let's see. But then this time, 
creation reality. He says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Question. Then he says, but we have the mind of Christ. Remember in Isaiah, he was trying to explain a distinction, the difference between the thoughts of man and the thoughts of God. And it was revealed that the thoughts of God operate at a higher dimension. The ways of man operate at a higher dimension. Or rather, the ways of God operate at a higher dimension. But this time, Paul is revealing a new creation reality, saying, okay, God's thoughts are at this higher dimension. Who can be like him? Question. Then it goes on to say, but we have the mind of Christ. In short, he is revealing that now, by virtue of us walking as believers, by virtue of us being believers, we now have access to the reality that God walks we have the mind of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look. Let me, let me, let's, 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 now let's go a little bit deeper on this. Remember when I first reviewed the first scripture, I said there is a great relationship between thoughts and ways. There is a great relationship between thoughts and actions. That's why the Bible says God's thoughts are high. Then it says His ways are also high. It says God's thoughts are high. But then also His ways are high. So that actually meant initially that if God's thoughts are high and man's thoughts are not high, meaning man's ways are also average. But for Paul to reveal this new creation reality that we have the mind of Christ, meaning for us to function in this level of thinking, there is a level of action that we must function. I hope I'm not getting too deep. I, 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 I want you really to understand it. That's why when you read Psalms 92 verse 5, the Bible says, How great are your works! Your thoughts are very deep. Put it up. Psalms 92 verse 5. This is, this is, this is, this is the psalmist revealing something here. Look at this. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Yeah, even the Bible says it's deep. Ah. How great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. Meaning there is a relationship between thoughts and works. There is a relationship between your thinking and your ways. And that is why for God to enable you to do something great, He has to change your thinking. For Him to enable you to function like Christ, He needs to give you the mind of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, that's why the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. In short, the Bible is revealing that we have been made available to the highest kind of thinking. In short, the Bible is trying to say that what has been made available to us will enable us to live and carry out actions differently. 
But then, this is very interesting. In as much as the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, please, let's go to Philippians chapter number 2, verse 5. I hope I've got it correctly. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now remember the Bible already says we have the mind of Christ. But now in this particular scripture, Paul is now beginning to reveal that you've got a responsibility to put the mind of Christ at work in you. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Yes, it has been made available to you. It has been made available for you to function in, but you need to take the responsibility. So maybe if you say, let this, when you see words like let, let in the scriptures, it means allow. Glory to God. So if the Bible gives you a responsibility to allow the functioning of God's mindset to work within you, then it is possible not to allow the work, the, the mind of God to get working. And if it's possible for you not to allow the mind of Christ to be at work in you, then your ways will be different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have this great responsibility. We have this great responsibility to allow the mind of Christ to be at work in us. Now, you have to understand that the Bible actually says, we have the mind of Christ. It doesn't say we have the brain of Christ. Because there's a difference between a brain and a mind. Those that have got a medical background will even understand that better. Your brain is just a physical organ. Huh? Your brain is simply a physical organ. You can touch it. Of course, when you remove it. But your mind is not a physical organ. You can't touch it. Amen and amen. And that's why when we are trying to understand the dynamics of man, you will find out that the mind, in most cases, theologians will describe it as the seat of the soul. In short, your mind, will and emotions is what gets to make up your soul. Alright? This is where you get to influence certain decisions concerning yourself, concerning your life, even concerning others. Now, remember it says, let this mind be in you. And I want you also to understand something powerful concerning minds. The mind is so powerful that both God and Satan want to utilize it. Your mind, that is your mind. Your mind is so powerful that both God and Satan want to utilize it. How do I mean? When you study Romans chapter number 8, you discover the Bible, that's, I think it should be verse 6. The Bible tells us that the mind that is governed by the spirit is life. Alright? Then it talks about the mind that is governed by the flesh produces death. Meaning, what you allow to govern your mind will produce certain results. That's why I'm talking about how the mind is 
talking about how thoughts are really related to ways. But now, let's think about it. Why does Satan want our mindsets? Why does Satan want our thought patterns? Have you before I even explain this, has anyone been in a place where they just thought to themselves, ah, I wish I never had the mind to think? Maybe due to certain mind thoughts that you know bombarded you. And you just said, May I just wish I never had a mind? I've been there. I told myself that I wish I, I wish I don't think now you don't think what happens. Because if you don't think, how will you influence decisions? Because your mind is also it's a power body of thoughts, of imaginations. Meaning it is when we talk when we call it a power body of thoughts and imaginations, meaning it is a platform of creation because you actually create thoughts and imaginations. Praise be to God. So now, see that once you mind. And that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 4, the Bible says, the God of this world is blinding the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel. In Colossians 2, verse 8, the Bible tells us that do not be captured by the philosophies of this world. Why? Because if Satan can capture your mind, if Satan can bind you and ensure that he captures your mind. Remember, your mind is a commodity of your soul. And your mind is what is used to make decisions. And if he can capture your mind, then he can capture your soul. It's sad. Never heard of the scripture which says, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? When you lose your soul, you don't make your sound decisions. When you lose your soul, you are a slave. Hallelujah. But also, why does God want us want to utilize our minds? Simple. So that we may function like Him. Simple. So that we may see results just like Him. Let's go to Genesis 13. Let's go to Genesis 13 and verse 17. I want you to see something concerning the power of the mind. Alright. Bible says, Arise. Start from verse uh, 16. God says, And I will make a descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Next. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, and its width, for I will give it to you. Yes, next. Then the Bible says, Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by. Okay, go back to the next. Uh, go back to the previous verse and give us. Maybe NIV. There's something that I'm looking for. 
Maybe give us NIV. Verse 17, verse 17, please. Alright. Go walk through the length and the bridges of the land, for I am giving it to you. Now, uh, I'm not so clear if I've gotten the right scripture, but God told Abraham that as far as he can see, right? As far as he can see, he is going to possess that land. Very interesting. God tells Abraham, as far as you can see, you will possess that land. Because what happened is that at this particular moment, uh, Job, not, yeah, uh, Lot separates with Abraham. And God says, okay, Lot has separated with you. So now what you need to do is rise up as far as you can see. You're going to possess that land. Now, have you understood, or rather, have you ever imagined how far you can see as an individual? Imagine if I were to tell you as far as you can see, that land is yours. Would your eyes do you good? Some of you have been here. As far as when I'm going to give you, no vision afterwards. As God tells Abraham, as far as you can see, that land you're going to have it. And I'm going to give it to your descendants. As far as you can see. Now, really, if you get to understand this, if this really talks about looking with our physical eyes, then it's not fair. Do you know why it's not fair? Because human beings do not have the best eyesight. Do you know that there are certain animals that have got better eyesight than human beings? Have you heard of the eagle? Do you know that an eagle can see a rabbit three kilometers away? Rabbit. Yet an eagle sees it three kilometers away. Yet we as people, meters away, wouldn't even know, is that my brother? Is it the one? Ah, it's a tree. <laughs> God tells Abraham, as far as you can see, lift up your eyes, you can't. Yeah. The Lord said to Abraham, after God had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north, east, west. And he tells him, as far as you can see, that land I will give it to you and your descendants. But if you see the land that was given to Abraham and his descendants, the land that was given to the seed of Abraham. Not even, not even a normal person can see. Oh, can see the northwest is south. This means there is a certain way that Abraham had to see, even though he stood up and lifted his eyes. How did he see? Through the mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright, let's go to Genesis 11. We're reading a lot of scripture so that you can get to understand. The power of mind. Genesis 11, start from verse 1. Alright, now I want us to follow very closely. The Bible says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Okay, go ahead. 
Next verse. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shina and settled there. Yes, please go on. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Okay, go ahead. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we make a name for ourselves not to be scattered over the face of the earth. Just stop there for now. So, these are the people at the Tower of Babel. And the Bible tells us they decide and say, you know what, let us make a city. And let us build a tower that reaches the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves. Mm. What a decision that they choose to make. So you can tell that this is merely a plan. And where do plans, where are plans initiated from? The mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So they have a plan to build a city and a tower which is initiated by the mind. And their ultimate objective is to make a name for themselves. Now what's very interesting is that they said, let us build a tower that will reach the heavens. Let's go, please. Go further. Now, remember this was merely a plan. It was merely in the mind. But look at what the Bible says. It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. Put it in NKJV. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Hallelujah. How is it that they had built that it was only a plan? They were only planning. They said, let us make it. Let us make, let us make a tower and a city. That will reach the heavens. But the Bible says, But the Lord came down to see the city and tower which the sons of men had built. Next verse. And the Lord said, Indeed, these people are one, and they have all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld. They propose, but how come it was already built? Nothing that they propose to do with will be withheld from them. Next verse. Come, let us go down there, confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Yes, go ahead. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. But how is it that when the Lord came down, he saw that they built something? This actually means the mind is so powerful that when you initiate things from the mind, it is then that those things that you've initiated from your mind will then appear physically. In short, creation or formation is two times. 
first in your mind, then in reality. Hallelujah. And that's why if, if you do not work on your mind, there are certain things you will not see as a reality. If you do not work on your mind, if you do not improve your mindset, then there are certain things you will not see in reality. So we build two times in life. You build twice in life. You first build in your mind, and you build in reality. And that's why you, you, you can't say, I'm going to have a business which you can build in your mind. It's not built. And then you cannot sustain a business which you've destroyed in your mind. Glory to God. That's why the Bible says, it says, it, it shows us the relationship between thoughts and ways. This is the biggest struggle of so many believers. They've not reached to a place where they can get to develop their mindset. Their mindset has been shaped by so many things that happen around them. One of the reasons that many people have problems with Africa is not because we lack, we, we lack resources. We do have the resources. But our minds have been shaped a certain way that we feel we are kinds of victims. We feel that we are so disadvantaged. Imagine you have all the resources that even Europe may not necessarily have. And the best thing you can ever think of yourself is just look at my surname. Some of us, we can never make it in life. My surname is Wokitiki. Just say Wokitiki. What a well Wokitiki for? My mother didn't make it, my brother didn't make it. Whoever. It runs the Wokitiki family. The mindset. So now, because you are beginning to think like that, remember the mind is a creation center. So you are not building a tower of health, but a tower of poverty. And with the tower of poverty that you built in your mindset, remember you build once in your mind, then the reality comes. Have you ever wondered what the Bible says? As a man thinketh. So because the reality of your thoughts will be produced through the actions. The mind. That's why the Bible says, have this mind just as Christ had it. This should actually help you understand and also make you think what kind of mindset do I have? How do I think over certain things? Amen and amen. I would like two bottles of water. Two bottles of water, and I would like you to choose 
any radio line. Would you struggle to choose? Why? Because they're just the same. In fact, for you, it's a blessing because you are given the opportunity to actually choose. So choose one. Okay, she's got it. It's water. No, sit down. No, you've got it. Now, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to understand something. There are certain opportunities that we've been given in life, and our mindset is is, is really important to actually receive those opportunities. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 20. The Bible says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly about whatever you ask or think according to the power that works in us. You can give it back to God. Remember, the Bible is showing us that God is able to do exceedingly. He's able to do mind-blowing things. Mind-blowing things. But it says, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Meaning we are given two options. Number one, there is asking. And number two, there is thinking. Then it says, according to the power that works in us. In most cases, we've trained ourselves to learn how to ask in prayer. Very simple. And he's able to do that. But remember, the Bible says he's also able to do according to how you think. So in short, you can register a prayer point through your thoughts. Without you uttering it. I think. You can register a problem without even you uttering it. That's why the Bible is able to say, I'll answer, I'll answer you before you even ask. So now, here is one of the reasons you are not receiving. James chapter number 1, verse 6, 7. Here is one of the reasons you are not receiving. Then we get back to the same scripture. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now listen to this. Let him ask in faith without what? Doubting. Where is doubting found? Next verse. Let for let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. It says, look, ask in faith, but do not doubt. If you are going to do that, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. If there is a message translation, is there any message translation concerning this? So that maybe you can understand this, this verse properly. Any other translation, NLT or whatsoever. Okay, we've got ESV, which is similar. It says that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. In short, this scripture means you ask in faith. But if you don't work on your mind, if, you, if, if your mind is opposing what which you are asking or that which you are saying, don't trouble yourself. Don't climb the mountain. 
Don't say, I've gone for 40 days, 40 nights, believing for breakthrough for this, this, and this. Day 49 or day 40, you come down and say, Ah, thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayers. But in your mind, you said, hmm, What will this work? 40 days wasted. 40 days wasted. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything. That's why the Bible says, Look, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you ask or imagine. Peter asked Jesus, Can I walk on water? But it's not his talking that made him sick, it's his thinking. Glory to God. So you've got two options. You can build yourself to become a serious prayer warrior. But there's a place where you also need to build yourself to become a serious thinker. If there's such a thing as a thinking warrior. Yes, no one can shake you when you're speaking in tongues. You are there, unshakable. They don't keep quiet, you go to the paradise. What about in your thought life? If you begin to say, ah, okay, I'm going to ask the Lord to heal me, but your thought life keeps on declaring, ah, I'm tired of this, I don't think it will work out. Then what are you doing? You're not building a tower of healing, but a tower of sickness. And the first place of creation is in the mind. That's why even before you were created, you were thought. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. You were thought before you were created. After the thought, then you were created. Glory to God. That's why Jesus, when he came here on earth, he when he came, he started dealing with the mindset. What did he say? He said, repent. Repent. What does that change your mind? Change your mind. Repent so that you can receive this kingdom of things. Repent. Change your mind. Even after he left, he sent the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says, there was a wind that flooded the whole place and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came upon them. Uh, it's very interesting that after the Spirit of God had come upon them, there was a change in the way they thought. Peter who denied Jesus three times was the first one to stand up and say, look, these men who are praying are not drunk. They are filled with the Holy Spirit as the prophet Joel had said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. But Peter, what happened? Aren't you the one who denied Jesus three times? What has happened? There's a mindset that was changed by the enabling and the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon him. Glory to God. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've ever told us. They were sent to do miracles. Jesus would send them, do miracles, do this, and they would come back with testimonies. 
They would come back with testimonies saying, Lord, even demons bow down to our so bow down whenever we, 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 we declare you. You know, they would give all sorts of testimonies. And Jesus would do them a simple thing. In fact, in, there, there, there was a time that Jesus actually invaded the funeral and raised the dead. He raised Lazarus. So they knew that Jesus would, could do these things easily. But there was a time when Jesus would tell them, guys, I'm going to die, but after three days, I'm going to rise up. In short, you said, you know what? I can lay my life down and pick it up again. I am the Lord. But then, Jesus appears to the disciples, and then my Thomas, ah, my God, I no, 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 Thomas! Thomas, Honey, how do you forget? I've only come back from the dead three days. Lazarus said there's four days. He was very interested in his thinking. 
He never saw possibilities whatsoever. Impossibilities whatsoever. Very, very interesting. When he was expected to cry, he would not. When he was expected to speak, he would be quiet. Very interesting. And that's why sometimes because you don't get to understand the mind of Jesus, sometimes when you look at Jesus and just also study the Gospels, you will think Jesus was very dumb. Imagine how does it go says, You are like an apt grapes. Who to you? Jesus was mean. Ah, unmarked grave. Man. <laughs> Do you know what unmarked grave is? It's not what's what nobody's uh, here. They just bury you and put They don't put it in a casting and marked grave. That's what he was calling Pharisees. And marked grave. That's the way you are. Who do you? Yes, Lord. When Jesus is addressing excuses, someone is saying, I'm going to bury my father. He's dead. He's died. And Jesus says, Let the dead to unbury themselves. Some of you, if you had lived with Jesus, instead of your pastor, you would be offended. You would leave Jesus' church. I'm telling you. My father, that's what you're saying about my father. Ah, oh. uh, what kind of church is this? You would be offended. But really, it's not necessarily about being offended or whatsoever. It's about getting to understand the mind of God and get it to function on that level. Praise be to Jesus. He asks, the disciples tell him, that they go into a wilderness and the disciples say, Master, it is late. Tell these people to go home. Or let them go and buy something. And Jesus says, you go and buy them food yourself. You are in the bush. Where are you going to buy food from? Because there is no one who is willing to open a shop in the bush. You are going to be offended if you don't understand the mind of Christ. You are going to be offended. People are crying and Jesus steps in and says, Don't cry, she's only sleeping. The doctors have confirmed that the daughter is dead. And then someone comes and says, he he's just sleeping. Not just imagine, some of you. In heaven, you will just beating the Son of God. You will I got it. Beating the Son of God. No, I didn't. No, forgive me. It's very interesting how Jesus thought. He meets people who are are going to bury people and he meets them and says, funeral is over. Touches the COVID. Hey, Uka, choka, choka. And the people are wondering, mm, what is this? That thought line was very interesting. And that's why because his thought lines were so interesting, his ways were so powerful. That's why he's able to get bread and fish and say, Father, I give thanks to you. Give the thing. Multiplies. Because his ways are so interesting. He tells 
the disciples, ah, this man is struggling you for money. Go into the fishes, go, you find money in, the, in their mouths. Does it mean people were throwing money? What? So that fishes can eat. Because of the way he thought. Imagine the disciples have worked all night. Okay, I'll give you an example. We have we have uh, a Nikon Peter here who is a medical personnel. I'm, 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 I'm an auditor and an accountant by profession. And I go to him and start shushering him. No. You're supposed to take panadol, not benzene. Or maybe I don't know if they're the same. What, what's, what's another complicated thing? Chlorohydrochan. <laughs> you are supposed to be bad not, not that. And then we have a, a hidden argument. And I'm still insisting, take panado. Okay, take panado. Of course, Peter will not listen to me. You say, ah, this guy doesn't know what he's saying. Ignore him. But imagine Jesus comes to the disciples who were fishing the entire night. Who understood that the best time to fish is at night? Who understood the best time to actually catch fish and, and, and the like? Jesus comes to them and says, ah, you've not caught anything. And by that time they will wash their nets because it was during the day that they will wash their nets. He says, no, put, throw your nets for a catch. Surely if some of you were Peter and James this time, I'm a professional fisherman. What are you telling me? I would refuse. He says, ah, just throw your net for a catch. Serious? Yeah, yeah, throw your net for a catch. The Bible says, when they threw their net for a catch, they caught such a large amount of fish. Notice, when they just threw it, it seems like it was just by faith or by convenience. Because they were not seeing fish. They just threw away. Then they noticed something. The Bible says they caught a huge amount of fish that they now signaled their neighbors. Hello, 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 come, come. There's a lot of fish. The Bible says they filled both boats so full that the boats began to sink with fish. How? a man who thought a certain way, but when he thought a certain way, his works function at a certain way. Many of you want to increase your works, but you forget the best way to increase your works by increasing your thoughts. You want that big, that, that big multinational company that will sell all sorts of commodities. Upgrade, there's still a contemporary mentality. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. You can't manage a multi-million, uh, a multinational company with that contemporary mentality. It has to go. It has to go. Glory to God. Glory to God. So there's a place where saints of God need to develop. Now, This brings me to talk about something that is known as mind management. Mind management. 
managing your mind. Now when we talk about managing your mindset, there are certain things that you need to do. First thing concerning mind management is renewing your mind. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2. Renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. That's the first thing you need to do. Mind management. The Bible says this. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good, acceptable and perfect. Now look at this. The Bible says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing the renewal of your mind notice it does not say transform your mind it says you yourself be transformed but how are you going to be transformed by renewing your mind now when you look at this word transform, it comes from the word metamorphose. I'm not going to explain what metamorphosis is. But you can just search butterfly, child, child, caterpillar. That's the kind of transformation. Caterpillar. I call it pupa, pupil, whatever you call it. A butterfly. That's serious transformation. It says if you want to see such serious transformation, renew your mind. But then it's telling you how to best renew your mind. First of all, it's telling you detach. Do not conform from the world. <coughs> Meaning, if you want to look, if you want to become transformed, you must avoid a place that will get you deformed. That's the world. You must avoid it because there are certain things that will not get transformed but there are certain things that will be make you deformed so the bible says for you to be transformed renew your mind then it goes on to say that you may test and discern what is the will of god so meaning for you to renew your mind clearly you have to expose your word yourself to the word that's one of the best things that will help you renew your mind. To help you change the way you think. That will help you change how to handle things. Imagine the Bible tells you, through all things, you are more than conquerors. You begin to think, oh man, these dreams that I've been having. No, 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 no. The Bible has told me I am more than a conqueror. What is happening? Your thought lines change. And because your thought life is changing, you will act as The Bible says, I am more than a conqueror, no more bad dreams. What is happening? You are renewing your mind. And when you are renewing your mind, you are getting transformed. You are being changed from a certain kind of being to another. You are being changed to become better. Amen and amen. Apart from renewing your mind, when we're talking about mind, mind management, another thing you need to do is develop your mind. 
Colossians chapter number 3, verse 2. Colossians chapter number 3, verse 2. The Bible says, set your mind on things that are above, not the things that are on earth. In short, to have your mind developed, to function like you are from above, you must think on things that are from above. Think. The Bible says, set your mind. Meaning it is your responsibility to channel how your mind begins to think. It is your responsibility to develop your mindset. It is your responsibility to make your mind think better and better. Not anyone else. Yours. So it says, think on the thing of the things from above. And you begin to think of the things from above. You begin to notice the creativity that God has. You notice how on the first to sixth day, God was creating so many things. Day one, he did this. Day two, he did this. Day three, he did this. Then you say, ah, my God is a planner. And then what are you doing? You are developing your mindset. If God can plan day one, day two, day three, day four, of course he can open. He could have made everything in one day or in a split second. But that just shows that our God is a planner. And then the Bible says, on the seventh day, he was rest. Ah, that's the way God functions up. Okay, so he waits. Let him just finish everything. Then he rest. What are you doing? You are thinking things from above. Yes, you are thinking of how God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You see that, hmm, the way God loved this world, even though the world was against him. This is so much love. This is too much love. I think I need to also function in this kind of love. Let me love everyone. Let me love everyone. The kind of love where I don't need to hear God. Some of you want to hear God to help someone. The only time maybe you give a street kid uh, money, so you pay the Lord to give. That's all. You not help. If you've not paid that one, you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. Amen and amen. Two days ago, I received a phone call. And this lady says, Mama God, please pray for me. I, I, I really feel bad. My head is hurting extremely. I, I really don't know what to do. I don't know. And so I said, okay, no. I was working. I was at work at that moment. And I said, okay, let me pray for you. And I began to pray. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I decree and declare that headache is gone. I pray for you in Jesus' mighty name. And suddenly I kept quiet. I think she was shocked. I just kept quiet. Lord made me keep quiet. And you know what I heard? He said, Stop. She is just hungry. She has not eaten. And I stopped. I said, Amen. She says, Amen. <laughs> have you eaten? What do you have? 
and she explained that she had no relish. So I sent her money. I said, go and buy relish. Afterwards, eat. Tell me how you feel.
in, 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 in high school. I was, this was a sports day and I was in a group called Zambez by default. Uh, there was Kafiwe, Shanshani, and of course, because we never used to run, we'll just be emotional support. We'll just be there for emotional support. And then one of our runners was injured, and they had no one else to replace him, and they had put me. Go and run. Me! Go! Me! I refused. And I said, look at the guys that I'm going to run against. If I start running, they get around two times again, they pass me. Yeah, I refused. Well, I knew where I was. I was sure. But there's nothing I had to do. I was put there, 200 meter race. And I'm next to these big guys. I beat you. I see that. If I do not have the race, I do. Last last, yeah, lost points. It's better just no one enters. So I started running and we we started and and they said, Oh your man, set, go. I put in my best. The way I said running, it seemed like I was now, you know, ahead of them. And they also started coming. Ah, then suddenly, the fuel of my soul, <laughs> of my body, which is called energy, started to finish. And before we reached 50 meters, ah, the guys had gone. They had surpassed me. By the time, it was 200 meters, by the time I reached 70 meters, they had finished the rest. Then now everyone was waiting. Ah. I said, uh, I will not embarrass myself like this. And then that's when I decided to fail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, I had to be dramatic. <laughs> I had to know, yeah, where I'm going. But I can't believe And I sat there waiting for first aid to come. They were coming, they were coming, of course, with one line of it. And then uh, 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 they came. Hey, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Then I realized, you know, there were sometimes first aid are trained. So they were the ones to start removing everything. Shoes they removed. Then they wanted to remove my my body too. So, ah, 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 ah. I'm okay, I'm okay. And then now I learned something. I learned something from, from our 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 the uh, instructor. He noticed I was okay, but he says, regardless of how we are feeling, let's go finish the race. So he helped me. And we started. Of course, I was very much okay, but I had to pretend like I was in. And we started. And until I finished the rest. Even though I acted, I learned something very 
I will tell you something important. To always finish races. But for you to finish the race effectively, there's something that you need to do with your mind. There's an upgrade that you actually need to experience in your mind. That will help you finish races. There are times some of you have started your businesses. They started very well. They started very well. You made your first loss. Or maybe you ordered something and you were scammed and you said, I've stopped this. I've stopped this. Then finish your race. You left the race in the middle. Regardless of whatsoever you find, regardless of whatsoever things you are going to experience, you've got to have the mindset of Christ. What do I mean when you say when I say you've got to have the mindset of Christ? The mindset of Christ is that kind where he's still on the cross. You are beating him, you are feeding him vinegar, you are stabbing him, but he says, I'll hang on for your sake. I'll hang on for yourself. I'm going to finish this kind of grace. The, the mind of Christ is the kind of is the kind of mindset, regardless of him being tired. He says, Father, this cup is heavy. He is very honest. He says, this cup is too heavy. It's heavy. Then what does he say? Let your will be done. Let your will be done. What does that mean? It doesn't mean Jesus was saying, if you like, spare me, or if you like, allow me to go. What he was trying to say is that, I know I'm tired, but I'm going for it. I know I'm tired, but I'm going for it. That's the kind that we need to have. A mindset that is focused. A mindset that has decided that no matter what, even concerning our Christianity, this is the kind of mindset that we are going to have. That no matter how hard things will be, I will lift my name and praise you. No matter what. It's the kind of mindset we need to have. May nothing, that's why when we're talking about mind, Renew your mind, but also develop your mind. And the third point in mind management that you need to do is guard your mind. It is your responsibility to guard your mindset. The Bible in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 13. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says something. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. It says, therefore, guard up the loins of your mind. Guard up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, guard your mind. Why are we talking about guarding our minds? Why is there a place that we actually need to guard our mind? The reason why we need to guard our mind is because thoughts have got different sources. There are certain thoughts, of course, that will be initiated by you. There are certain thoughts that will be inspired by the Lord. But remember, there are certain thoughts that will be inspired by the evil one. There will be certain thoughts that will be inspired by the enemy. That's why some of you, have you ever wondered? You are normal, you are just okay, you are from praying, then suddenly you hear a thought come to you and say, insult that person. Ah, why? Why? From nowhere. You are saying, holy, holy, that person come more to God. Ah, why? What is happening? It, it, something is happening to your mind. You are, you, you, there are certain thoughts that are being planted in your mind. 
But remember, when the Bible says, guard the loins of your mind, meaning do not even permit them. Why? Because there is something about thoughts that you need to understand. Thoughts are seeds. So any seed you allow to be planted in your mind will begin to grow. It will begin to grow. And the best time to deal with an unwanted tree is when it is actually a seed or a seedling. Because when it becomes a tree, you can't pluck out a tree. Why? Because it's rooted. So you need to guard your mind from certain thoughts. This is one of the things that I struggled with. It took three years. Three years. One of the thoughts that I struggled with. The enemy kept on saying, you know what? Go commit the unpardonable sin. Hey, I wish I struggled with that. And so many times, I'm a proper, I'm a believer, I really love the Lord genuinely. But suddenly, insults would just be playing in my mind. I remember one day, I'm just sitting on my bed, and then insults start playing, as if it's a beat. Ah, and then they just play in my mind. And I woke up and I said, oh, oh my goodness, this is not good. But even though they were playing, they were, they were playing in my mind, there's something that I didn't know. I didn't know how to guard my mind. So they were just playing, they were just playing, they were just playing, they were just playing. And I really struggled with them. The extent that I, one time, an insult just played in my mind. It was not necessarily me who was speaking. It just played in my mind. And that day I, 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 I was convinced that I committed the unpardonable sin. I started going to church, but I said, Lord, all I ask is, I know I'm not going to heaven, but all I ask is, use me, that I may take people to heaven. That's what I, I said. I was so convinced I'm going to hell. I even started seeing my spots in hell. Yeah. Because I didn't guard my mind. For some of you, it may not be insults. For some of you, you need to guard your mind from negativity. Some of you, there are certain people around you that talk a lot. Some of you, there are certain people around you that complain a lot. Sometimes, guard your mind from that. Ah, where did you be so Ah, where did you be shy? You're going to be stressed. You're going to be stressed. And then you will begin to think you're blessed. Ah, where? Spirit of poverty. And you will remember. Ah, what Mami said she was spirit of poverty. And those thoughts, remember, are going to create a tower. And this is how now the Bible teaches us. First second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It teaches us how to actually guide our minds. In case there is someone here that struggles with thoughts, I want to teach you how to, 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 um, let's start from verse 4. I want to teach you how to deal with this. I want to teach you how to really work on your mind, how to guard it to ensure that you do, you do not fall. Now look at this. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What does the word carnal mean? It means they are not fleshly. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. Meaning if you are struggling with your mind, you can't, you can't apply rubber or dip it. do not work. It says they are not carnal. It says, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are fortified thoughts that are built around you. 
Now it's very interesting. It's talking about warfare, and it's saying, look, our warfare is not a fleshly kind, but it says it's so mighty that it pulls down strongholds. Why is it talking about strongholds? Let's wait. Let's read next verse. Let's read next verse. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing. Arguments, these are thoughts, and every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Interestingly, it's talking about warfare, but the first arena it addresses is the battle of the mind. It's talking about warfare, but the first arena it addresses is the battle of the mind, which actually means if you lose the battle of your mind, you lost every other battle. If you win the battle of the mind, meaning you are able to win any other battle, whether it's spiritual, whether it's demonic or whatsoever, if the enemy really if if if, if the enemy really convinces you that your life will never change, you will never pray and say, Lord, I declare breakthrough. You will never. Why? Because you've lost the battle of the mind. That's why when Satan wants to deal with people, he starts with the mind. When God is trying to deal with people, he's starting with the mind. Because this arena is the arena that assures you whether you are actually going to win or not. Yeah. Imagine if the mind of Christ dwells in you. Imagine the kind of thoughts you have. Oh, I am above all things. Imagine the kind of thoughts you're going to have. But then now the Bible says, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. But then it says, you cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Meaning sometimes there are thoughts that appear or that may come into our mind that wants to be higher than the thoughts of God. That wants to be against the thoughts of God in our life. So the Bible says, we need to cast them down. Some of you may, perhaps may not understand. How do you think the Bible says and Satan and, and, and Satan lifted Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world? And Satan uh, uh, lifted Jesus and, and he was, they were in a high place and taught Jesus to jump. Do you think that was a physical high place? What was Satan doing? What was happening in the mega room? Amen and amen. Then this stone into breath. Be bitter, mind, through the mind. Why is it taking stone into breath? Because the Bible says at the end of it all he was hungry. Praise God forevermore. So if you're struggling with thoughts, first thing you need to understand is that you are in charge of your thought life. You are the manager over your thought life. You are the manager over your mind. And then you have to understand that you have been given authority. You have you the, the weapon of your warfare is not carnal, it's mighty, it pulls down strongholds. What are strongholds? I said these are fortified towers. Remember, like Jericho, uh, where where the, the walls of Jericho, people who are in Jericho are so confident no one can enter, no one can enter. That's how strongholds operate. They will they will they will persuade you and make you think beyond reasonable doubt that you cannot make it in life, no matter what. There are, so, there are so many people who believe, there are so many people who believe they can never make it in life. There are so many people who believe they are cursed. 
They believe so. I, someone once came to me and said, Pastor, what do I do to break a case? I'm, I'm so cased. I said, who told you you are cased? And you know what they told me? I've come to you for help. Are you, do you want me to go somewhere else? <laughs> so in short, they were so sure they are cursed. But it was not that they were cursed. It is their mind. That made them believe so. And so the Bible says, with such, bring down all thoughts, bring down all arguments, and bring them, bring every thought into captivity. What does it mean? Let them obey Jesus Christ. Let them obey the will of God. So today, tomorrow, or whatsoever, I thought one day will come, you will not make it. Cast it down. Because Jesus says, you are more than a conqueror. Next time, another thought will come. Oh, sickness in your life. Cast it down. Said by this time, I was healed. I was healed 2,000 years ago. Cast it down. Another thought will come. Ah, you can't do it. You, you can't study in school. You, you, you're not clever. Cast it down. Say, Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Cast them down. Do not allow those thoughts to bombard your mind. Amen and amen. So, do to renew your mind, develop your mind, and lastly, guard your mind. When you begin to develop your mind, when you begin to renew your mind and guard your mind, there's a certain dimension that you will walk in and producing 